I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Michelle. I'm Kirsten, and we're back with another true crime episode. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> sorry. No, <that's> sorry. <laughs> um, so we're doing a little bit, something a little bit different today. So I'm gonna cover a true crime case. It's not very long, but I wanted to cover it because I thought it was interesting. And then we're gonna do a little bit of extra seasoning on top a little extra we always love the extra seasoning yeah so by extra seasoning um you'll find out in a bit but just 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 keep listening listen to the end and you'll find out all right let's get into it we're gonna talk about julia tofana that's how you say that name julia yep that's an interesting way to spell it so julia was born in palermo italy in 1622 Oh, dang, this is an oldie. Mm-hmm. Her mother was believed to be Thofania di Amato. She was executed in 1633 for poisoning her husband. The mother? Mm-hmm. Dang, I would too. Yeah. Just kidding. Wow. Logan, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, so he wouldn't I find know, out. He wouldn't know. <laughs> Julia moved from Sicily to Nepal and then to Rome. Uh, Julia was a businesswoman and decided to make something of her life. Go girl. She came up with a product called Aqua Tofana. Why does that sound so bougie and fancy? It sounds very familiar. Does it? It does. Hmm. I don't know why. So Aqua Tofana was a coveted face cream or oil used by Italian ladies looking to preserve their youth. Hmm, It came in a bottle or a powder case often labeled as Mena of St. Nicholas Bari. A popular healing ointment for blemishes. Okay. Where do you think this is going? I think I know where this is going. You think, huh? I think. So, its exact composition is unknown, but it is known that arsenic, belladonna, and lead were components of the mixture. But all of these ingredients were normal to be in makeup at the time. Okay. So, nothing nothing crazy there. Can 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 I make a prediction? Sure. Does it have to do with blood? No. No, it does not. There's not blood in it? No. You thought. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, lead and arsenic were common ingredients for facial powders to lighten the skin, and women used a drop of belladonna in each eye to dilate their pupils, giving their eyes a luminous and resting look. Okay. Giving them bedroom eyes, girl. Them bedroom eyes. <laughs> However, all of these ingredients were very toxic when ingested. Oh, yeah, but you're not supposed to eat makeup. Harboring a soft spot for women trapped in loveless, suffocating relationships, Julia started selling Aqua Tofana to help them escape. Okay. So, she had the help of her daughter and a group of trusted associates. Okay. And she may or may not have helped, have had help 
from a priest. A priest? Yeah, we know how them priests be. Priests are not as great as you may think. Yeah. Uh, go back to um, Catherine Sesnick and Joyce Malicki part one and two That's if you want to learn more up. about priests. One of the most messed up cases I've yeah. heard. <laughs> so, the poison would eventually kill these women's husbands. Okay. I could see how. So they would put the ha- aqua tofana mm-hmm. in like the the husband's stuff. Oh, so that's not it. what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking like they would be like kissing on them or whatever and no, no, in no. their mouth. Okay. It had no taste or smell. Okay. And so it was easy to poison their husbands or the men in their lives that they wanted dead. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And obviously in this time, 1622, around, well, it's probably more like 1640 at this point. 16. Yeah you know, 30, mm-hmm. whatever. So if they had an abusive husband or their husband, like, treated them like dog shit, like, they could not get a divorce. It just wasn't a thing. No. So the first dose of poison, normally diluted with some kind of liquid, would cause exhaustion and physical weakness. So okay. nothing crazy there. Okay. The second dose would bring on stomach aches, vomiting, and dysentery. What's dysentery? Shitting. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. If you didn't know, she said shitting. You got that diarrhea. Yeah, that diarrhea. (laughs) I'm gonna start saying that. If I like my stomach's upstairs saying diarrhea, I'm gonna be like, I got some dysentery up in here. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So the third or fourth dose would lead these men to. Lead these men's. <laughs> Lead these men's. Sorry. We're in a laughing mood today. It's a good day. <laughs> the third or fourth dose would lead these men to their deaths. So they'd be vomiting and shitting their pants. Yep. And then die. Yep. Okay. The poison and the method of administering it meant that doctors and investigators believed the death had been caused by some unknown illness or disease. Makes sense. The slow nature of the poisoning meant that victims had a chance to get their affairs in order. So, who would help influence that? The The wives. Nice. So, not only did they get free of their husband that they did not like, they got the assets, too. Bet. Yeah. (laughs) Bet. (laughs) Logan, once again, watch out, buddy. (laughs) So, the deaths... Those tragically young lives lost to their sick beds were never to believe believed to be anything more than just like a sickness, a disease. Yep. Okay. Um. So obviously Julia didn't want to get caught because who would want to get caught? No one. No one. She was careful to only sell products to ladies that she knew or women who had been vetted by past clients. So recommendations. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my friend. Yeah, she wants to kill her husband. So. You know. Here's some makeup. Put it yeah. in his drink. Some yeah. skin. That's what it is, right? Yeah. It's like skincare stuff. It's makeup. But it's poison. Yeah. Well, I mean... They used <clears throat> it as makeup, too. They used it as makeup. All the ingredients were normal for makeup at this time. So they used it as makeup, They just too. used it as poison, yeah. So it was kind of a disguise. Like, their husbands wouldn't catch on. They're like, oh, here's your cream. But really, it's... I'm putting it in your coffee. Yeah. Okay. So... She was careful. Oh, yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, one customer, a young woman who procured aquatofana, planning her husband's demise, got cold feet. Ruh-roh. She mixed a few drops into her husband's soup. 
And then she started to beg and plead him for, like, to not eat the soup. Yikes. Yeah. And she eventually gave up Julia and her accomplices. What the fuck, man? Rule one Rule of buying poison. Don't give out the Where supplier. That's it? what I wanted man. to say. Yeah. Hold on. I mean, saving, I mean, saving his life, telling him not to eat the soup is one thing. You don't give out the name of where you got it. For real. That's ruined the whole thing for everybody. Well, um, the reason that she really gave up the, uh, like, Julia and her accomplices, the husbands forced her to give up Julia and everyone else involved, and she was taken to authorities and tortured for her confession. Julia was? No. Oh. The the, woman. The woman. That chickened out. Okay. Yep. That sucks. Um, Julia was loved by a lot of people, obviously, especially the women that she helped. Quote, unquote, helped, yeah. She got word of her warrant before the authorities arrived at her home. And she ran to a church, and the church granted her sanctuary. And if you don't know what that is, that means they just let you in, and the police can't arrest you or anything. Like, they Like, they are allowed to stay at the church. Yeah. Yeah. But if they step foot out of the church, they could be arrested. Gotcha. Um, all of a sudden, there was a rumor, though, that she had poisoned the town's water supply. Yikes. Um... an angry mob stormed the church and they removed her and then she was handed over to the police because she's not in the church anymore dang the police took action and subjected her to horrific torture julia confessed that she killed over 600 men from 1633 to 1651 in rome alone damn yeah crazy right but like technically she didn't kill anybody she technically did, though, because she gave them the poison. I guess they could have decided not to use it, like that one lady did, but she was an associate involved. Like yeah. Charles Manson. Yeah. Like Charles Manson. He made other people kill other people so he didn't get his hands dirty. Right. But then he claims to be a serial killer. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. She was, like, the leader of it all. Yes. She had her people do it for her. Mm-hmm. Basically. So, the confession came under duress. Um, the number could be lower or higher. It's, it's not really known. Right. So, she was believed to be executed in Campo dei Fiori in Rome in 1659. And her daughter and her associates were executed as well. Dang. Yeah. So, they, they took down everybody. They mm-hmm. did not get made. So, dozens of lower-class women were also executed once it was found out that they were customers of Julia. However, the upper-class women were imprisoned or banished for their involvement and possibly killed quietly. And poison was actually very popular in Italy at this time. It was not only used by unhappy wives. So, this was just, like, one of the things, one of the ways. Yeah, that it was used. Okay, damn. So, now we're going to talk about... The torture devices from around this time period. So this is going to go into, like, how she was tortured, basically. Yeah, because it said that she, she was, was tortured tor- horrifically. I don't know if they used any of these, but these are some of the ways that she could have been tortured for oh, Okay, I got you. I see, I see. You see? You see, see where my I brain where was working? Going. Gotcha. Um, this is very, very brutal and horrific, so if you don't want to listen to this part, I suggest you just uh, skip, just be done. Just but if you're done right skedaddle. now, go check out our Patreon. Yes. Link in the show notes. There we go. But now we're going to talk about the torture devices. So, trigger warning, like I said, if you don't want to hear this, 
leave just, now. Just wait You've till been it, warned. Yeah, just wait till our next episode. Yep. So the first one we're going to talk about is the pair of anguish. I'm nervous. <laughs> this is terrible. Okay. By the way, as I'm reading these, typing out the research, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my god! Like this was a thing? Like this was a thing? Dang. Okay. Okay. This was a pear-shaped device, hence the pair of anguish. anguish. (laughs) Oof. So, the body of the pear was made up of four metal leaves joined by a hinge at the top. Okay. There was no picture for this. I have a feeling where this is going, and I'm very scared. It had a key or a crank on one end. Okay. The pear was inserted into the vagina. (laughs) God, that was loud. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Anus or the throat. Oh my god. Uh, this depended on the type of crime where it was entered. I hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the oral device was reserved for heretics, and heretics is a person believing in or practicing religious hearsay. So somebody like they didn't believed in believe in God. They be- they were like a what's it called? A person that believes in other things. Okay. I just can't I think know. of what it's called. It starts with a P, doesn't it? A P. I have no idea. <sighs> That's going to bug me. It'll come to you. Maybe. The anal and vaginal pairs were used on homosexuals and witches. Dang. Yeah. So turning the key opened the leaves, causing aye. massive internal damage. Aye, aye, aye. This device was rarely fatal, but other methods of torture would usually follow. Rarely fatal? What do you mean? They would basically bleed out slowly. Aye, aye. Oh my god. So they just boop, and the leaves the go whoop. Oh my god. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Um, I feel like a lot of torture devices were geared towards women. I don't know why men wanted to torture women so much, but... I mean, I feel like it's kind of common now, still, but, like, not in, like, a torture kind of way. Kind of like a BDSM, like... Well, no, BDSM, dumb, I would not... like, but not torture. Do you know... Do you see where I'm going? I guess I see where you're going. Not torture, but, like, but like inflict harm. People get off on that. Yes, but that's, like not what bdsm is about i think that's you're thinking of like a specific niche in the bdsm culture like okay i think you're going the wrong a little way. too far yeah <laughs> bring it back yeah i think this i'm asking why do men like to torture women like this is bad i know but like i would not relate it to bdsm whatsoever. i was just like saying even still i feel like men like to torture women well i don't think they like to torture not it like depends this. on if you're fucked up yes. i'm saying like torture is different yeah than bdsm i think they're two different worlds yeah oh yeah i was just like i <clears throat> wasn't trying to say that they were the same thing comparing it to not that i would know but i'm just i'm saying or like bondage you know like yeah that's part of bdsm that's what i'm saying yeah not like torture. But that's not torture. Right. Anyway, just continue. Okay. I don't know how to tell you what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, moving on. The Breast Ripper. 
I feel like that's just, that's exactly what the name is. Basically. (laughs) So, torturers had a strange fixation on breasts which were burned, branded, or simply amputated. I mean, go ahead. Interesting. Cut these bad boys off. They hurt my back. We don't want them. I don't want them. So, it was a metal claw Mm. that pierced the flesh of the breast. So, fuck it. Just, yeah. Yikes. The victim was tied to a wall, and then the claw pulled forcibly away, shredding the breast to pieces. Ow. Yeah. It was used as both a method of punishment and interrogation to mark the breasts of unmarried mothers and mutilate women convicted of hearsay, adultery, and a host of other crimes. Where's the men's torture devices for adultery or hearsay? Man, how about they do that to their stuff? Right. I mean, hello. Yeah, so that's that's pretty rough. That, that's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. So. Can you say extreme uh, uh, mammogram? <laughs> so for real? For real. That's so for what I was going to say. <laughs> so for real. So the scavenger's daughter is the next one okay this was invented by and named after a british person named skevington that's an interesting name it is alternative alternately referred to as skevington's gyves okay it consists of a hoop of iron with a hinge in the middle the victim would be forced to crouch on one half of the hoop while the other half was pivoted and placed over his back. So, basically, to give you a better image, a huge iron set of dentures. Okay. So, like, clothes. Okay. Um, the torturer would use a screw to tighten the hinge, crushing the victim further and further into an involuntary crouch. Yikes. Yeah. So, like... <gasps> oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Eventually, ribs and breastbone would crack, and the spine could be dislocated from this. What the heck? How did they come up with this shit? That's what I wanted. I don't know. They were some sick fucks. So, sometimes the compression was so great that blood would gush from the fingertips and the face. What? The fingertips? Yeah. The fingertips. The fuck? Yeah. Dang. Um, this tool was used against people accused of high treason during the reign of Queen Elizabeth I of England. By the way, crazy-ass bitch. That's where she is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to cover her in a later episode. Episode? Episode? I can't talk to I'll have to cover her in a later episode because she is crazy. Yeah. And I know you guys would like that. Is she the one that... I don't want to say too much. Yeah, don't say too much. We can talk about it after. Okay, okay, okay. So, number four, the Iron Maiden. I've heard and of this. And this one's, I mean, yeah, a lot of people have heard but of it. But I don't it, know so. what it is. It's an upright sarcophagus with spikes on the inner surfaces. Okay, yep. Rings a bell. Double doors open on the front, allowing entrance for the victim. Okay. Once the victim was inside, the doors were closed. So, basically impaling their body. Mm-hmm. So... The spikes were strategically placed and would pierce several vital organs. So they wanted to hurt you. Right. Big time. And two spikes were positioned specifically to penetrate the eyes. Yay! 
However, they were relatively short spikes, so the wounds wouldn't be instantly fatal. So you would suffer. Mm hmm. So they would leave you in there for hours to bleed to death. So you could have a slow, slow, painful death. Painful death. Yikes. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Crazy stuff, huh? Nice one. On to the next the pillory. Okay. This is a set of two parallel wooden boards clasped together with holes for the neck and wrists. You probably heard of this. Maybe. It's like... Okay, okay, okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, when opened, the victim would place his or her head and arms through the holes. Then it was closed and the victim wouldn't escape. Or couldn't escape, sorry. They probably would if they could. (laughs) Yeah. So, the pillory itself didn't hurt you, but it obviously wasn't comfortable. Right, because you're, like, stuck like this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It was usually placed on a stage in a public place. The use for this was to humiliate and shame the victim for their crimes. The crowd would throw objects at the people stuck inside of the pillory. They would throw rotten vegetables, dead animals, or even poop. Nice. But it gets worse, because stones and other blunt objects were thrown as well, which could result in painful injuries or death. And they couldn't do anything about it, because they couldn't move. So, usually they would only put people inside for a couple hours during the busiest times of the day. So people could come out and throw shit at them? Yeah, basically. I think it depends on, like, what your crime was. Mm Mm-hmm. Really. Dang. Yep. Now we're going to move on to the stake. Okay. I know what this is. Being burned at the stake was usually the last thing for torture victims because this form of torture was obviously fatal. You would clearly die. Yeah. Okay. You would create a pile of dry wood with a stake at the center to tie the victim to, and then light it. Pretty self-explanatory. Yep, the fire does all the work. It usually took about a half an hour before the victim lost consciousness, but if it was windy and the fire was blowing away from the victim, he or she might have to endure up to two hours of slowly being burned to death. Dang. Yeah. I just can't imagine. Despite the horror of simply being burned at the stake, the torturers of the Inquisition in the Netherlands developed a particularly cruel twist. Prior to being tied to the stake, the victim's tongue would be sandwiched between two hot iron plates. What? The fuck? Yeah. Just, they just wanted to add it on. Make it worse. Yeah. The scorched and swollen tongue would only allow strange... Muffled screams of pain once the burning began, which supposedly added a great deal to the audience's entertainment. Because they couldn't scream or anything. Sick fucks. Oh no, muffled screams. Muffled screams. Yeah. Dang. So, there's that. There's that. Rough. Number seven, the wheel. And not the wheel from Kirsten's story. Not not that kind of wheel. (laughs) If you want to go check it out. Go listen to it. There's two parts. Two parts. It's called the The wheel. wheel. The wheel. (laughs) So, wheels were adapted to many torturous uses. There was many ways you could use it. It's like a multi-tool. A multi-tool. 
They could be part of a stretching rack, but these people were sick. Mm-hmm. Obviously. All of these fucking things are sick. Sick. I don't even like reading them. <laughs> Early torturers were fond of tying someone to a large wooden wheel, then pushing it down a rocky hillside. What the hell? They're just like, boop, goodbye. See you later. Yeah. A more elaborate method involved a wheel mounting to an A-frame that allowed it to swing freely. So it would just rock, like, swing back and forth. The victim would be tied to the wheel and then swung across some undesirable thing below. Fire was always a good choice, but dragging the victim's flesh across metal spikes also worked well. What the actual fuck? Yep. (laughs) The actual fuck. Awkward laugh, because I don't even know what to say (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The wheel itself could also have spikes mounted on it, so the pain came from all directions. Nice. Instead of swinging, the wheel might turn on an axle. One of the most horrible wheel tortures was similar to crucifixion. The victim would have the bones and all four limbs broken in two places by strikes from an iron bar. Nice. Yeah. Then the shattered limbs were threaded through the spokes of a large wheel. Finally, the wheel would be attached to the top of a tall wooden pole and left out in the sun for days. What the fuck? The victim might be alive for hours, enduring the agony of his or her mangled arms and legs and the relentless sun, not to mention the attention of crows. That hurts You me. ever seen one of those, like, movies, like, about gods or, like, something in a, like, somebody's tied to the top of a hill and like the crow comes down and it's like oh yeah trying to eat him or whatever that's what i imagine trying to pick at him Mm -hmm. yikes on to number eight the rack i think i've heard of this one before yeah probably the rack was used throughout europe for centuries it came in many forms the victim was tied down while some mechanical device usually a crank or turning wheel tightened the ropes stretching the victim's body until the joints were dislocated Continued pressure could cause the limbs to be torn right off. What the fuck? Yeah. Such torture was known as being broken on the rack, racked, or stretched on the rack. Real original names. Yes. Yeah. You've been racked. <laughs> You've been racked. It's it not could be funny. <laughs> no, I'm, we're just trying to like lighten it. A yeah, bit. not be so heavy. It could be combined with other forms of torture to make things even more painful. In one story, a Christian youth was tied to a wheel and his joints were destroyed by the stretching. And then, a fire was lit beneath the wheel, adding to the torture. Eventually, the fire was extinguished by the downpour of blood as the victim's limbs were torn free. I... okay. Oh my... Yeah. Yeah. No words. One type of rack was known as the horse. Okay. It was a wooden device that vaguely resembled an actual horse in shape. Okay. The victim was tied to the beam on the top, the horse's back facing up. Pulleys below tightened the ropes affixed to the victim's hands and feet. He or she was stretched until his or her joints dislocated then left there or slackened and allowed to hang underneath the horse while an inquisitor or judge questioned the victim and tried to get a confession. Dang. Um, I put his or her, but I meant to say his, her, 
or they. Okay. Number nine. Thumb screws. Is it what it sounds like? Kind of, yeah. So you weren't likely to die from thumb screws, but they created unendurable agony, obviously. Or it wouldn't be on this list. You would probably much rather die. Yeah. The device consisted of three upright metal bars between which the thumbs were placed. A wooden bar slid down along the metal bars, pressing the thumbs against the bottom. A screw pressed the wood bar downward, crushing the thumbs painfully. The thumb screws were an elaboration of an earlier device known as the Pillywinks. Why is the name so fun, but it's not? I was just thinking that. Oh, Pillywinks. Which could crush all ten fingers and resembled a nutcracker. Nice. Yeah, fun stuff. So it would, like, put the thumbs between the bars? Yeah, like the thumbs would be between the bars, right? Mm -hmm. Oops, I dropped the mic. And then they'd put the wooden bar, like... Against the thumbs, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, like here? It? Yeah. And then they would screw it into the, like, screw a screw mm-hmm. into the hole mm-hmm. in the wooden thing. Oh. I don't know why my brain's not working. They would screw a screw into the wooden bar mm-hmm. while your thumbs were in between the metal bars. And that would crush your thumbs slowly. Because they're screwing it in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The way you said Oh. Now we're going to talk about the brazen bull, which is the last one on our list, thank God. Mm -hmm. It was a hollow brass statue crafted to resemble a real bull. Victims were placed inside, usually with their tongues cut out first. If their tongues are cut out, they can't can't confess to anything. I don't think this was really meant for confessing. (laughs) I think this is just meant for like... You're a horrible person, now we're going to put you in this prison yeah. or whatever it is. Not even you're a horrible person. You convicted a crime. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Or, quote-unquote, crime. Yeah. So, the door was shut, sealing him in the bowl. Fires would be lit around the bowl. And as the victims succumbed to the searing heat inside, they would thrash about and scream in agony. So, you're basically cooking them. Yep. The movements and sound, muted by the bull's mass, made the apparatus appear alive. The sounds inside sounded like those of a real bull. This effect created additional amusement for the audience and served the added benefit of distancing them from the brutality of the torture, since they couldn't directly see the victim. But they were amused by this shit? I was about to say, um, served the added benefit of distancing them from the brutality of the torture, that's what they want to see. That's why they're there. Right. They want to see people. They're disgusting. Yeah. That's fucked up. All right. That's it. Thank God. Yeah. That was um, gross. I just wanted to do a short little snippet of something different after the anthrax attacks because I felt like those were like a lot of information and mm-hmm. just felt like something like, I don't know, a little bit different. I like the old ones. The older Me ones. Too. They're interesting to learn about. Yeah. People were way more bold back then. Although there's not a whole lot of information on them. Yeah, but so still. Old, but... I mean, it's still interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, Kirsten is doing a true crime. Not me. <laughs> surprise, surprise. We surprise. are doing a reverse story time and reverse true crime. So, Michelle will be uploading 
the story crime story crime <laughs> <laughs> story time episode on wednesday yep and i will be uploading the true crime episode on friday yep next week so yeah and then i think she's doing two parts so i will be doing the next two story times yeah and kirsten will be doing the next two true crime we just wanted to switch it up and kind of give each other a break yeah a break from what we're doing not that we don't like what we're doing switching it up is fun though yeah we like to switch things up so that's it that's all i got all right go subscribe to our patreon yep lots of fun stuff over there (laughs) (laughs) if you don't know we just talked about that in her podcast how she always says that lots of fun stuff we're about to post our bonus episode and well we're gonna record it then post it so So it's on there it's already when you're listening to this it's already on there it's been on there it's been on there you're late to the game yep so all right thanks for listening i hope you guys i would say enjoyed a little break from all the information of the last two episodes but like this one's pretty rough so yeah a little bit if you've listened this far yeah thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye see you